Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. It's good to be here tonight. Uh, good to get to see what God's still doing. Uh, we're going to read a little bit tonight, a very familiar story that uh, everybody knows, everybody's heard it since they're a kid, but First uh, Samuel chapter 17 and we're going to start in a, about verse 14, I guess. Uh, uh, thankful for, I have decided to stand for Jesus. Uh, if you decide to stand for Him, He'll stand for you. Uh, he promises us that. First um, Samuel 17, verse 14, it says, And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself forty days. And Jesse said unto, unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren. And carry these ten cheeses unto the captain for their thousand, for their thousand and look how the brethren fare and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went to, as Jesse had commanded. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of a keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up, and it shall be that the man who killeth the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free of Israel. And David spake to the man that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth the Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And if you read on over it in 44... It says, And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistines, Thou comest to me with sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. And that's all we're going to read. Uh, I come with the thought of... Um, are we ready to fight the battle? Uh, there's a battle at hand as as the church of the living God today, but we are in a battle that um, some of us 
aren't prepared for. Some of us aren't ready for. We've gotten comfortable. Uh, the, the battle that was facing here with the whole army of the living God of Israel was standing up on a hillside. And if you catch something, I'd never caught it before until I read this week and, and it said that they had been there 40 days already. That they were fighting the Philistines for 40 days. But when Goliath would step out, the army would run. One man would cause the army to run. They would fight the fight that they thought they could win. That they thought they had a fighting chance they would fight. But when Goliath stepped out, he put fear over them and he halted the the army of Israel. And I I think we're at a point there a lot of times as Christians today that we we are ready for the fight until the unexpected happens. But but I've got a thing that I've been thinking about all day today is that do you know God created me for this time? If He had any other intention, He would have created me from before or He would have waited and created me later. But He created me for this time. So it is my job that when the unexpected comes to step forward and say, God, I come to them in the name of the Lord. I come to fight this battle. I come to stand against this. I will not back down. I will not back up. I will not be afraid. I will stand and I will fight this battle. Now that's hard for me to say a lot of times. I look at my kids and of course as parents, what do we do? Every day we wake up scared to death for our children and the world they live in. But can I remind you, He created them in this time for a reason. They are stronger built than what the elders that never had to face this kind of stuff. If you look at the battle the faces church, the church is facing today, we can look at, we can say COVID. We can say backslidden Christians. We can blame it on the government. We can do whatever. And at one time, there's elders in this church that will say, we used to not have to fight that. We didn't have to fight that. I can remember as a kid when the church parking lot was full. I can remember my grandfather the first time when the Wallen Center opened up on Sunday, he stopped one time to get changed for his kids to eat on the next day at school. And he said, I got so convicted. And I said, I'll never stop on a Sunday again. But why was everything closed? Why was that conviction still there? Because the church was full. The convicting power of God was still real to the church. Now we've gotten to where we've backed up on that fight. We don't want to fight that fight anymore. We don't want to look at somebody and say, church is on Sunday morning, church is on Sunday night, it's on Wednesday night, and if there's a revival, I need to be there. And I need to look at my brother and sister and say, you need to be there. But we've got to a place where we're afraid to fight that battle. We don't want to fight that battle. We're going to offend somebody. We're going to hurt somebody's feelings. The day that Christ saved me, He hurt me. He scared me and He hurt me. He said, son, you're lost. It's something I didn't want to hear. I knew it in my mind, but when I felt it in my heart, it hurt. But I've made a stand that I've promised Him, I'll fight for you. I, didn't, I, didn't, I pulled a David, and now that's what I'm asking is, are we ready for the David that was put inside of us to come to life? And you say, well, now wait a minute. That's not technically my job. That is our job. Our job is to be the warrior. If you'll read on David, David was a warrior throughout his life. And you know God put the same thing inside of us. He put that same fight that's inside of us that says, you've got to fight for what's right. You've got to fight for me. You've got to stand for me. You've got to believe in me. You've got to live for me. And if he's done that, he's leaving it to us to say, are you going to use it or not? 
Are we going to do it or not? We've gotten to a place to where we don't want to look at all this. If you read the rest of that chapter before that, his brother says, what are you coming up here for? Has everybody, anybody ever faced that? To where, where somebody looked at you and said, that's a fight you don't want to pick. And David said, he's coming with, sealed, with, with sword and shield, but I'm coming in the name of the Lord. He looked at him and said, do you remember that when you guys left me to, to take care of the sheep, that bear came? And you know what I've done to that bear? He said, I grabbed him by the beard and I slew him. Yeah. He said, and then the next thing you know, the lion came and I grabbed him by the beard and I slew him. He said, this ain't nothing. This uncircumcised Philistine's doing nothing to me. And he said, I'm going to come to him by, in the name of the Lord. And Saul said, if you're going to go, this is, this, you'll get this if you're going to go put on my arm. Put on my gear. You're not ready for this. Put my stuff on and go at it. And then David said, this stuff's not been proven. I can't wear your stuff. I can't wear your stuff. When God says go to fight, I've got to put my armor on. And all David needed for armor was a little sling and five smooth rocks down by the brook. And he walked in. That's all the armor he needed. And then he said, if you'll do this, if you'll do it this way, this is going to happen. He walked up and he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. We've got to pull a David spirit out of us in a day today that there is more fights in the Christian belief than I've ever seen. If you'd have asked me eight years ago when I got saved, I'd have never believed it. I'd have never thought the church would be in the shape that it is. And it's, it's think about what the elders in this church. Now, again, they were built for a different time. Some of these elders may be past the time of fighting. But guess what? There's a generation after that. There's a generation that's coming after that. That we've got to be the rock. We've got to be the one that sets the example. That shows our children and our grandkids that it's still important. We still have to have it. We still need it. We still desire it. But there's so many now. My, my little girl's in first grade. She has six and seven year old kids coming up to her and saying, I don't believe that God is real. Scares me to death. But you know what? She's built for it. Right. She looks at him and says, I don't care what you say. Jesus is real. He is real. She's built for a battle that I can't even comprehend. And, and we get scared. My biggest battle, and, I, and I'm fighting this the whole time, my biggest battle is when I get up here, I want to stand right here. This is my safe space, okay? And I'm saying, oh, Lord, you pour it on me and I'll do what I want. But if he says, step right down here. Yeah. Step right down here and try to do this. Step down here and show them that you're not scared. Show them that you'll stand for me. Show them that you'll fight for me till the end. Show them that nothing will back you up. And I say, Lord, I want to go back. And he says, but I told you to keep fighting. Little old David, a runny little thing. I've been preaching for less than a year. I'm a runt. And he said, fight for me. Stand up for me, even if they don't like it. I sat in my car the other day listening to a message, and man, it rolled all over me. It said, what if they don't like it? What if your daddy don't like it? What if Dustin Parks don't like it? What if Tommy Boring don't like it? What if they don't like it? Would you still stand for me? And it broke me. To the point I sat there going, would I do it? Would I do it? Oh me. Would I do it? And I had to start sitting there judging myself going, where would you back up? Why would you back up? If the army of the living God 
which is the mighty man of God that I sit around in today's time, that I sit and I, and I grow off of, just their spirit and their witness, and I can grow off of it. But if all of a sudden they stopped and said, we can't do that part. It's time for David to say, start roaring up inside of somebody and say, well, you might not do it, but I was built for this. I was built for this. Not that I'm bigger than anybody else, but God born into this world in 1984 for a special purpose. If not, I'd have been dead. I've been been a drunk. I've been an alcoholic. I've drove all over this county drunk. Should have been dead. Should have been wrapped around a light pole somewhere. But instead he said, I brought you into this world. I knew you before you were ever conceived. So that tells me he knew when I was coming and why I was coming onto this earth. I lived for 30 years lost thinking there wasn't a purpose in it. And then one day he knocked on my door and said, I've got something better for you. And he saved my soul as a wretched sinner. And then he didn't look at me and say, now, go sit down and be scared of everything. He said, stand up and fight. Stand up and fight when the battle comes. You look at as Christians today, backslidden Christians, it's our job to fight the good fight. It's our job to look at them and say, you've got to come back. You've got to get back real with God. You can't live like this. And if they can live like that, there's a problem. And we have to fess up and, and see that with our spiritual eye. That if they can live like that with no conviction, then we need to be praying a different prayer. But we've got to be willing to do the fight. All throughout that, that chapter right there and all throughout the story of David, people made fun of him. People said he couldn't do it. And every time he overcame it. Why? Because he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. I come to you in the name of the Lord. I come to you not in my power, not in my might, but what he put inside of me. Little bitty runt David conquering the giant of the Philistine army. Over what? With one rock. And people say, well, he didn't have enough faith. He brought five. Go check on his brothers. Go check on his brothers. I grew up in a time, I know what that's like. You go fight one and the brother's there, you better be ready. Brother's coming. If you get the upper hand, brother's coming. So David said, I'm going to take four more just in case. He said, because my Lord will deliver every one of them. And he looked at him and said, I'm going to take your sword and I'm going to cut your head off with it. Where is my faith? Where is my faith that I can look in the battle that we're facing today? There's things going on in our city that I would have never imagined would have come to our city. Never would have imagined that our government would have stood up and said, this is okay, let this happen. I think it's time to go fight. I think it's time that God's roaring up inside of some people and say, we've got to stop this. It ain't going to work inside of four walls. It's I mean I talked to Tommy about it. He said they don't come to church anymore. They don't come to church anymore. Used to you come to church and the house would be full of lost people. It's all you can do to get one or two a month. So I ain't doing much good standing here fighting. I ain't doing much good in the battle that ain't really happening inside the church. The ones that are coming to church, I, I've got to I've got to almost guarantee that they're pretty right. And the time that we live in today, if you're dedicated to the Lord's house, you must have something right. Because if there wasn't something right, you'd be at home with the rest of them. You'd be watching TV. You'd be doing anything else. You'd be occupying your time with your job, with your family, with whatever else. Because they'll make every excuse in the world. 
The Bible says that, that later on in life that they'll, they'll worship the creation more than the Creator. You've never seen a mountain so full in your life of people talking about the beauty of God's creation on a Sunday, but yet they won't come worship Him in the Lord's house. That's a battle we have to fight. If we don't fight it, who's going to fight it for them? These people that are lost or backslid Christians, if, they're, if you don't fight it for them, if you don't walk up to them and be willing to take the stand of David and say, you've got to do better. You've got to be more. You've got to get back in here. You've got to do your part. If we don't do that, they're not doing it for themselves. They're not doing it for themselves. They've gotten comfortable. They've overridden the conviction of God so much that they sit at home and don't even know it's a real thing anymore. But I told a boy at work that's been out of church for over two years. His wife convinced him they didn't need to go to church anymore. And he never was very smart. And he, he said, my wife always helped me learn about the Bible and things. And then the next thing you know, his wife said, we don't need church anymore. It's not important. Guess where he's sitting at home. I told him, I said, one day you'll walk through the doors of that church. And the minute you walk through them, God will start working. One time, all you've got to do is say, I'm going whether you want to or not. And the minute the doors open, God will become real again. If we'll, if we'll keep talking that talk, they keep fighting that battle. They walk in the door and God will show up. Right. He'll prove to them there's a reason you're here. There's a reason the body of Christ is important. When they say, I don't need church anymore, they're saying, I don't need the body of Christ anymore. They're not saying, I don't need these four walls. They're saying, I don't need Christian fellowship. I don't need brothers and sisters who love me in a time of need. I'd rather be at home by myself and not be bothered by each other. They're speaking out of a, a nonsense that they don't even think about anymore. The Bible plainly says that we must come together. We must come together with brothers and sisters. He says, fail not to assemble yourself even more so as you see the end approaching. If you don't see the end approaching now, there's nothing that's going to open our eyes if we don't see what the state of the world, not just the church, but the world in general is in. And if you can't see the coming of the Lord... Getting closer. Well, I've heard that my whole life. Me too. Me too. Since I was a little kid, my grandma dragging me to church. I've heard the Lord's coming back. But if I look at the Bible and I look at what's happening today, there's no denying that at some point He's going to step out on a cloud and He says, you better be looking. You better be watching for me. You better be looking for my appearing. But instead, we're going to the mountains to look at the trees that He planted. Looking at the sky for the artwork that he makes rather than looking for him to crack it open one day and step out. But I'm asking, as a congregation of believers, we've got to fight. We've got to fight. for. There's a reason all throughout the Bible. When We're no different than you want to look at the Israelites all throughout the Bible. We are the body of Christ. And if you look at Moses, when he went in Exodus, when he went and he took the Israelites out, they were fighting for all they had until they come to the first hard thing. And that was a body of water standing in front of them. And they said, you brought us out here to die. They started mumbling. They started complaining. It gets hard in church. What do we do? Mumbling, complain. You've left us here. It's dry and we ain't going to, nothing's going to happen. And then the next thing you know, he said, lift up that rod. He said, lift that staff up and let that water part. Boy, they celebrate running on dry ground then, wasn't they? But then it wasn't very long after they got through that water. They said, we're hungry. You brought us out here in the middle of nowhere to let us die of starvation. And God said, how about this? How about I just drop manna from heaven? 
And I'll let you all eat on this for a while. And it didn't take long. They said, that ain't really any good anymore. The, if you study up on manna, it had every nutrient for the body to thrive. Yet it wasn't good enough. And then they said, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. You know what Moses did? He said, why don't you go over and smite that rock and let water come out. He went over there and smoked the rocks and there comes the water out of a solid rock. Has anybody ever seen that? And then next thing you know, what happened? They're complaining again. That's the church today if I've ever heard it. But it's at some point we've got to look and you've got to say, either I've got to stand up like Moses or I've got to stand up like David and I've got to say, I am in this fight. I've got my foot on the rock and my mind's made up. And if I can say that like them little girls can sing it, then by golly, that ought to do something to somebody. The point that we'd say, I'm done complaining. I'm done whining and moaning. God, I, you saved me for this purpose. You saved me for this time. You brought me into this world for, for COVID. You brought me in the world for this government. You brought me in the world for this falling away for the church. You brought me right here, right now, for a reason. Now, I'm either going to step up and do something about it, and I'm going to grab my rocks and go to town, or I'm going to sit back scared like the rest of the army and say, we can't do nothing about this. So I've come, I've come in the hopes that I would encourage you to fight. And I've also come to say, check up on ourselves. If we're not ready to fight, there's every opportunity we can have laid right there to say, Lord, I need to get ready. I need to fight. I'm tired of sitting back with the rest of the army going, who else is going to save us? This is terrible. We can't do anything about it. We need to start praying about it and say, Lord, I need to fight. I need to put some David inside of me. I need to be a warrior that's ready to fight. The rest of the army is going to stand for 40 days over one man. An army of God's people. And one man shut them down. And then one little bitty old runny lad come up and said, What's that guy all about? He don't have anything that I've got. He's got all that he's wanting on. But I've got the armor that God has supplied me with. And I'm coming with my rocks in my sling, and I'm going to plant one right between his head. Yeah. And what happened? So he fell at David's feet. Now that's, that's encouragement. If you read into that, that's encouragement for me to say that if I'll stand and I'll say, I'll be a David and I'll fight this fight, God says, I'll supply your need. Amen. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Not everything but the hard things. Not everyday easy battles. It says I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So I'm asking if everybody's ready to do all things. If everybody's ready to fight the battle that is facing us every day that we're instead sitting back looking for somebody else to show up. We're looking for somebody else to walk in just like the army done. They stood up on the hill and they said, somebody's got to come. Send somebody, Lord. And then here comes little David. I'd be ashamed if one of these little kids stood up in my place. One of these little kids jumped up in my place and said, if you ain't going to fight, I will We've got to set the example. We wonder, we constantly hear time after time about how Christianity is getting weaker, how people don't believe anymore, how the faith has grown weak, how there's no fire in the pulpit anymore, there's none of this going on in the church anymore, and we, we look around and go, who are you blaming on? Me. Yeah. 
Because I've sat long enough and said, I don't know that I'm ready to fight that. I don't know that I'm ready to face the challenges that might come with that. I ran for four years saying, I don't know that I can do that. I've done the same thing David done. The same people that messed with David messed with me and said, you can't preach. You can't do that. You're not good enough. You, you're not, you don't live good enough. You don't look good enough. You, don't, you sure don't talk good enough. Yeah. And I said, oh, they're right. And then one day, God got real. And He said, son, either you surrender to me or you'll never do anything else for me. And I hit an altar crying my eyes out. And I said, Lord, I can't do this. I said, but if I stand up from here, you got to promise me you'll be with me till the day I die. And he said, son, if you don't stand up now, you're never going to. And I stood up. For the first time in my life, I felt like I stood for Christ when the time come that I had an option of saying, nope, I ain't doing it. I'll live miserable the rest of my life before I stand up and do that and look like a fool. And instead, he said, I said, okay, you promise me you'll be there. David said, Lord... You'll take me down there. I'm telling him I'm coming with you. David would have been us had the Lord not been there saying, you go. I'll take care of you. And he said, I'm coming in the name of Jesus. That's what we've got to come in the name of Jesus. If we believe in that power, if we'll hold on to that power, we can fight every one of these battles. We can stop things that are happening in this county. I told him the other day, that amphitheater is being used for the devil's playground. And I ain't talking about fall festivals and all that. I'm talking about the, the junk that's going on down there with pride parades. Now they're about to have a Halloween event down there where they're going to pray demons out from the earth. It's what they're planning. If you don't believe me, I, we can show you the website. You can look it up. And they're doing it in our amphitheater at the courthouse. I said, what we need to do is get down there and bring some gospel into that area and start praying that, God, you'll fill every date that they try to book. It ain't for me to go down there and book every date, but if I can get some Jesus into that amphitheater, and then I can say, Lord, you fill the dates up. You fill the dates up. If I'll fight my battle, yep. right. He'll fill the dates up. They'll be calling going, why can't we get in? Sorry, it's booked up. It's booked up for your Halloween. It's booked up for your springtime stuff. It's booked up for your pride parade. We're sorry. We're booked up. But I've got to be willing to fight back. I've got to be willing to put my sling in my pocket and grab my rocks and say, here I come. Yeah, and I'm right. little and there ain't nothing special about me besides what he put inside That's of me. Right. But me and David's on the way and we're coming in the name of the Lord and we're going to fight. And we've got to do it. We cannot fight inside four walls anymore. The fight's not in here. That's not the fight anymore. The fight's out there. The fight is outside. If we're not seeing lost coming into church, then that tells you right then, if you'd have, if you'd have never needed a lost person saved, you'd have took you out of here the day you were saved. There wouldn't be a world anymore if there wasn't more lost going to be saved. So if they're not coming in here, I've got to find them out there. So I'm asking if everybody's ready to fight. And if you're not ready to fight, that means that somewhere we're not quite where we need to be with the Lord. We're not quite ready for the relationship that God has called upon our lives. And tonight's a good time to get that fixed. Tonight's a good time to say, Lord, I need to be better. I need to be stronger. I've gotten weak. I've gotten complacent in my pew. And it's comfortable for me. But I'm going to step out where I'm scared. And I'm going to trust in you to fight my battle. Because that's the trick. He says, I'll fight every battle. But we have to be willing to take that step.
We have to be willing to stand up for him in order for him to fight. If we're sitting in the pew and asking him nothing, he ain't got anything to fight for. But if we'll stand up and say, Lord, it's time. The fight's here, it's time. And he'll step up and he'll say, I'll fight that battle. So I'm asking you to stand up and fight the battle. Be willing. If God's moving, be willing. Don't, don't sit back and wait for the next generation to do it. Be willing to stand up and say, there's no better time right now. That's all I got. I'll turn it back over to